Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot, Body Rawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, we are doing a mailbag episode here today, it's because one or both of us are away on holiday right now, so we're speaking to you from the past. Um, do not be alarmed. So we're going to go through some of the brilliant emails that we've had in over the last few weeks, and um, hopefully we'll all learn something, do a bit of learning and it's, growing. Do you and, know what? We've, we're in a real purple patch for mailbag mm. correspondence, so thanks to do everyone. Do you know why? Why? Do you know why? Because we've why? Like asked for it instead of just oh, assuming yeah, we people send ask. it in. But it's been <laughs> brilliant. That's how it works. But, yeah, but, but also, the quality, it's not just quantity. Sometimes we used to get a lot of quantity, but like real terrible things where people, the classic mm. used to be someone writing like an email that was longer than like the longest article I've ever read, right? Mm. And the gist of it really was saying me and my mates went out and got pissed and then I got locked out. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. People, yeah. there was too many people who thought that getting drunk with your mates was inherently entertaining in fact it's the opposite mm. something extraordinary needs to have happened rather than you oh, just really, being really drinking and acting yeah. the cunt yeah um but, but anyway, listen let's I, let's not dwell on that let's dwell on the i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell the on the negatives because they've really turned it around the listeners maybe we filtered out the bad ones and got good listeners yeah but i've got can to I, just get yeah go on i was gonna say can i begin with this one from yeah. um mike goodall or mm. as he calls himself frank lampard jr and yeah. it's called peak lamparding and he says, greetings, gentlemen. This morning, my inner Lampard reached out as I received a message from the seller of a crap iPad cover I purchased for my son. Please see the message sent to me and my reply here. And he does some Lamparding. And as we've said in the past, Lamparding isn't necessarily a bad thing. Lamparding can be a good no, thing. Well, it can be therapeutic. Sometimes you, you've got to do it. And this is the message that Mike has received from uh, Mobile Extra Limited on eBay. And they said, we are really sorry that you have faced a trouble regarding your order. Please accept our deepest apologies regarding this matter. We will be more than happy to provide you full refund for your order, but please confirm us after receiving back your money. You will remove your feedback, question mark, question mark. We will wait for your reply. So Mike's obviously left them some snotty feedback and then they're going to give him a refund, but they want him to take down the feedback as well, um, to which Mike has replied, I will not remove my feedback. It is dishonest to sell a poor-fitting product, and others should know this. I do, however, accept, expect a full refund, as it was not as described, which is a breach of the Trade Descriptions Act. Regards, no. Mike Goodall. Uh, if, if you ever cite a statute, like He's literally an act of law, a parliamentary act, 
then you have basically gone full there Lampard. Is, you are there is, you are the you are the offspring of Lampard and Timbrell, aren't you? There is a Venn diagram with uh, Lampard on one side and Timbrell on the other, and Mike Goodall is right in the middle of that Venn diagram. Well, nevertheless, done. Like Mike, we really lot. salute you for it. <laughs> Um, that's great Lamparding. Yeah, just, you know, send us your Lampards because we we won't judge. Well, we will judge. but We might we are, judge or we might not. We, we might judge, but we are saying Find that out. not all Lamparding is poor. I mean, look at me with the Xerox or with my um, legendary Avis row. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Avis saga, yeah. I had an Avis exactly. saga and it was, you know, and that was me really Lamparding. But sometimes... You have to reserve the right to Lampard because people, you know, the man is seeking mm. to rip us all off. And sometimes yeah, of the only power you have is the power of Lamparding. The thing yeah. is, is you can't live your day to day like a full time Lampard because then that's bad. No, just when necessary. And eBay itself is just a, a viper's nest of bastards who are looking to rip you off. So you've got to and be on yeah, guard. But fuck this kind of take your negative feedback. Like, that's not how it works. No, if you fuck exactly. up, that's what has to happen to you. There are the refund, actions and then you get the have negative consequences. Feedback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What else have we got here? We've got... Um, uh, Paul Oxbury says, uh, this is about bullshitters. Uh, I used to work with a fella who was known as 10%, as that was about as much truth as he told. His highlight- mm. highlights were, his brother was too hard for the SAS. Standard. Mm. Uh, yeah. He saved Zoe Ball from drowning in the sea at Brighton. Standard. <laughs> Imag- We've all done that. We've all told that lie. <laughs> and the reason he was off work for ages was that he was in hiding after smashing an international paedophile ring. Mm. Um, he died the other week. Rumour has it that he's not dead, and it's actually a lie that's got out of hand. Now, in itself, that could be good. Fake death from a bullshitter. So that's good. Strong bullshit in that. Uh, um, Scott Perkins has been in touch. The email's entitled Frog Chat. Okay. Um, he said, great frog chat on the episode the other day. Yeah. Because I found a dead frog and had to dispose of it. He did. He goes, uh, yeah, but I've got a frog anecdote from the weekend. There I was, sharking on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Classic Saturday morning conduct. When the headlights picked up a peculiar ornament on the fireplace tiles, I shat myself when I realised it was a massive frog. The doors were shut, so the cunt must have waltzed in the previous day and had a kip on my fireplace overnight. That's weird, because I didn't think frogs were drawn towards fire, but who knows. Maybe it came down the chimney. Yeah, could have done that, because they can jump high. Could have easily really jumped high, from, the, yeah. from the ground up through your chimney. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> Have a look like at this, this like, Here I come! <laughs> jump! <laughs> like like the $6 million man. Yeah. And <laughs> was it him that jumped really high? Was it? <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? That's the noise yeah. it made when he could jump high. Did you used to have, before we go on, did you used to have the $6 million man doll? No, my cousin did. My cousin oh, did. He had the had toys the of every TV character with the fucking a, robot eye. Uh, yeah, and had the bit where you could remove part of his arm and it had all the fucking mechanisms underneath, inside oh, his arm. Yeah. Oh, mechanisms. Mechanisms. <laughs> You're fucking... It's all you can do to not jump on eBay right now. I can see uh, it in your eyes, mate. What do you think mate. I'm doing at this very minute? 
<laughs> if ever a toy from the 70s is mentioned, Andy's straight on eBay whilst we're podcasting. <laughs> and then it arrives, and you open it, and you smile for two seconds, and then you just look sad, and your head drops, uh. and it, you chuck it in the bin. <laughs> That's oh, another one for the recycling. £7.50? Oh, that Whoa. does sound tempting. Oh, that's, that's, in an, that's in an auction, and then there's someone else flogging one for 45 quid. Hmm. I used to have pictures of Armstrong, it? if that helps. I, the, the, I can't see any pictures of the, the arm with the fucking mechanisms. That's what I need to see. Show me the arm. I'm not oh, fucking there's the paying. little trainers. There's the little trainers as well that you used to wear. 25 quid for, just for the little trainers. They, they get in me. touch with you, don't they? Sometimes when you're selling on eBay... People do ask quite funny Lampardy questions. I have seen yeah. your six million dollar bad, and I am considering a bid. However, <laughs> I would like you to send me clear photographic evidence of his arm mechanisms in HD, in HD <laughs> video. There's in the one. following acceptable file formats. Yeah, <laughs> on Dropbox. There's mm-hmm. one. Nineteen seventy-seven. Six million dollar man. Factory sealed. Four hundred and seventy pounds. Buy it now. And here is possibly the saddest eBay listing I've ever seen. I'll read out the title to you as verbatim. Vintage $6 million man doll figure slash Steve Austin. Full stop. Head detached. Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me why. Don't want to go back there. Things got out of hand when I was seven. I was going through a very bad traumatic time in my life. Fucking Um, hell. Okay. You can buy all the spare parts that people are selling. Separate well, legs. This, this could be a new torso. hobby for you, mate. You start with the yeah. main doll, and then you start collecting all the other. You start with nothing. Well, this, yeah. I mean, this is this is what they did with the man himself, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, put him back together from nothing. It's like people who oh, build yeah. their own car and they just keep buying bits off of eBay and adding to it. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of the back of the head now with a hole in that you look through for the bionic eye. Oh. My mate, my mate's dad, Malcolm, was building a um, car when we were kids in the garages. Um, mm. But I don't know if it ever got completed, but it was just legendary. It's like, where's mm. your dad? He's working on his car. Working on the and car. the garages were not attached to that house where he lived. There was a separate yeah. part of the estate where there were garages that you might own a garage. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, yeah. well, let's walk over to the garages and have a look mm. can we go and just watch him so we just go over and sit there sit on a box mm. something to do watch Alex's dad make a car for half and an it hour was, it, it wasn't off. about completing the car for Alex's dad I guess it was just no. about the process and the, the solitude yeah. he would yeah. have been gutted had it ever ended if he'd yeah. finished it then what would he have left to do exactly drive around go? in it yeah that's fucking futile my dad used to have one of them garages that were separate that you just rented separately kept his ear van in it and he was an ear man yeah nice so that was good you you see them if ever you're browsing right move right which Mm. as you know I've got a bit of a problem I mean you've got you've had legitimate reasons for that because you've actually been looking to buy a house where I just got into a toxic habit of looking (laughs) being a house voyeur and uh, (laughs) it's what's known as a Joanna Lumley that's what she likes yeah. to do, doesn't she? And so I, I uh, but sometimes if you set the settings to no minimum price, just for fun, <laughs> weird shit yeah. comes up. And the yeah, very, very often it's a local garage, and it'll right. be like it's more. Sometimes it's more expensive than you think. They'll be like, "We want forty grand for this garage." Yeah, right. Are you but talking you're about your neck of the woods? Yeah, 
Yeah. Garage in Barnes, 40 grand, mate. But you look at it and you sort of think, fucking hell, 40 grand, though. I mean, the mortgage on that's fuck all. What is that? What's that? 50 quid a month or something, probably. Yeah, I could do some good stuff in there. And you think, imagine the the sort of shit you could do with a local fucking (laughs) garage. And the the really good thing would be, it's like that, there's a book by that, um, uh, who's that sort of comedy writer, John, uh, is he John O'Farrell? Yeah. Guy? Yeah. Yeah. And he wrote a novel called The Best a Man Can Get, where it was about a geezer. Right. And I think it was one of these situations where he'd won he'd won a load of money, but he didn't tell his family. He had a wife right. and small kids. So what he did was he just bought a flat. He, did, he quit his job, but didn't tell them. And yeah. he bought a luxury flat. And every day <laughs> he'd go, uh, just off to work now as usual, darling. <laughs> See you tonight. Yeah, and he'd go off. And he'd just go to his flat and he just had a PlayStation and a fridge and a stereo and just loads <laughs> of fun things and he'd just fucking hang out and he just had a, like a, a fun room playroom every day wow um, and I was thinking yeah I could have a really good garage locally couldn't I build a car yeah fucking hell build a car play with my action figures did you see that um, talking to right move did you see that Mark A. Smith's old house was on went up on, on right move recently Nice. I'm just looking for the listing of it. Oh, it's been removed by the agent, so maybe someone's bought it. Marky e. Smith's old house in Prestwich, Manchester, and um, let's be fair to say it's it's a doer upper. Let's just say that uh, it hasn't been decorated for a while. Um, it's you could describe it as a hovel, perhaps, mm. uh, but there's a washing machine in there and a nice pink Smeg fridge freezer, among other things. Uh, there seems to be a replacement. Possibly a cooker that's still wrapped in the polystyrene that never got opened. Might have been a drunken purchase one night, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's the house of a man who led a chaotic lifestyle. I think. I know I've been bringing Are it up a for- lot lately, which is just coincidence, really, um, because I I know you're not um, a big fan or haven't really watched it. But another great Adam and Joe thing was they did a regular called Vinyl Justice, where they went round to people's houses and just yeah. snooped around their record collection. And they did yeah. do it somehow. Fuck knows how they convinced him. But they did <laughs> it round at Marky e. Smith's house. I don't know if you've ever seen Fuck that. It yeah, no, it's fucking mad. Because they go round dressed as... They actually went round dressed as policemen right. and doing sort of silly policemen voices like hello, 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 and all of that, yeah. right? And you can imagine what Marky e. Smith made of it all. Not fucking much, <laughs> but they managed to stay there and and like do their whole routine. And he became like yeah. increasingly belligerent and started trying to phys- physically attack them and stuff. <laughs> but fair play to him, they kept at- fair play to them. They kept at- they didn't bottle it and run off. <laughs> I'll have to look but for that. I mean, this, I mean, that will have been about twenty year ago. And yeah, let's. It's fair to say that he's is uh, he, he he declined. Uh, in in all manner of uh, areas over the the years towards his death, that the house is just uh, it's a nice museum, I guess, but it says it's been removed by the estate agent, so maybe someone's bought it. Yeah, two hundred grand. Yeah, I'm not buying that either. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings.
Jalapeño. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. So he says, the, the frog's there. My missus ran upstairs for shelter. And when it was left for me to capture and release, what do you use for a frog capture? Good question. Some of the excess Tupperware hanging about in your cupboards. Now, this is a key line in the letter. This is my favourite bit of the letter. Mm-hmm. He says this. You only get one shot at capturing mm. a house frog. Mm, true. I'm, that's that, 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 that's almost can, like a um, Chinese proverb, isn't it? I can see that on a T-shirt, mate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with a sort of a silhouetted figure chasing a frog it's, it's with a Tupperware a proper, box. proper piece of life advice, that. Yeah, I'll say it again just so it really lands Please in do. people's heads. You only get one shot at capturing a house frog. And I got the cunt first time. I briefly <laughs> showed my... Do- <laughs> <laughs> show off <laughs> ah, right Billy big bollocks this lad isn't he he goes I briefly showed my daughter the bastard going mental oh <laughs> then it was the st- <laughs> yeah hey come here look at this frog off court look it's going mental it's, it's the method go and see it <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase mad as a box of frogs yeah well <laughs> You're about to fucking see what that's like in reality. (laughs) Right. Then it was the same predicament Sam had. Where do I put this frog? We have AstroTurf. Same as me. I think me and this bloke could be pals. Yeah, but yours was dead. His isn't. I did catch another frog, a live frog in my old house. Again, in a Tupperware box, actually. And it was the same thing. It was a mystery about how it had got inside the house. It was just in the hallway. Mm. Big fucking toad sort of thing it was. And it was just sat there. It was a proper all right cunts. We walked into the hallway and it was just sat there like really casual. Like, yeah, what? What's your fucking problem? <laughs> and uh, I tell you what my problem is. You're in my house. And he sort of looked at me as if to say, no, mate, you're in my house. I live here though. It's a fucking Mexican standoff. So uh, I put him in a um, in the Tupperware box. Anyway... He says, uh, I didn't know where to put it. We were AstroTurf. We were having a barbecue later that day. So we couldn't have him over in the paddling pool for the rest of the day. Would have scared the guests, I suppose. (laughs) In a moment of madness, I went down to the bottom of the garden, picked a random side and leant over the fence and popped him onto the neighbour's bench. I heard a scream a couple of hours later from that area. (laughs) Might have been related. Just rest, Scott. That's like something from a fucking carry-on film or something. <laughs> you planted a frog on your neighbour's bench and then you heard them screaming two hours later. Well, well done yeah, to but... Scott and also well done to that frog because these frogs that just somehow infiltrate human houses, they always do it when it's been heavily raining. I mean, was there yeah. was there torrential rain in Sunderland at the weekend like there was in London? Um, 
No, we never had it. We still haven't had any rain yet. We still we still got the hot weather. I think it's going to wow. break pretty soon though. It fucking was insane what went I saw down some of the on footage. Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and so we're, we're putting this out about a week and a half after we're talking yeah. about this is like the twenty. So you're July listening, going, I don't remember rain. He's yeah. lying. I live in London. I live. I don't think Sandra Lady lives in London at all. Either that, or he's exaggerating about the extreme weather to make himself look tough. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Always trying to act tough by acting like he's dealt with extreme weather conditions when he hasn't seen rain in his life. Um, <laughs> no, we so, didn't have it. No, but often, I mean, someone might be able to inform us about this, but, but often it feels, this feels like I'm being silly, but I'm not. It feels like after heavy rain, that's when the frogs come out. And often might, when yeah, they end up in is. your house... Yeah. So what, what yeah. I'm wondering is, because you know frogs in biblical stories of end of times and all that, frogs come out of the sky. So what mm, I'm saying yeah, is... plague of frogs. I think mm. that the rain, when it gets torrential, somehow sucks the frogs into the air and then rains them down again. I think it sucks them up in tadpole form and then right. they, they, they develop into frogs in the clouds mm. and then they fall out. That's, and that's the not 100% scientific. Yeah, that's not 100% scientific fact. But I'm prepared to I put it out there as a fact. going on. Something is related between rain and frogs falling from the sky. And if you know anything mm-hmm. about that, then get in touch through the usual... Um, usual channels. Organs, yeah. yeah. Bear in mind that we won't reply in any form for about two and a half weeks because we're not here. Did, but, did uh, you see this thing um, where someone's pointed out yet another scoop from Britain's best journalist... Yours truly. Yes. I noticed this the other day. I forgot to mention it. Yeah. So Gareth Wilson, thanks thanks for the heads up, Gareth, who says he is from the Luton IFS division. Right. Instantly, I went filming in Luton once when I was making a a TV show about crime. And uh, I went, I got to do a ride along with the local police. Yeah. And I... I hadn't appreciated, because Luton's not the sort of place you really have any need to go to unless you fucking live mm. in Luton or work there, right? You're not going to go, let's go on yeah. a day trip to Luton. No offence, Luton. And I've never been on a way day to Luton, which is weird because it's fairly near London. Well, but we anyway. went to Luton Airport, didn't we? We flew, we jetted into Luton Airport on our last tour what, from, from Glasgow. Glasgow. But, then, oh, but yeah. then got the fuck out straight away. Yeah, yeah, you don't hang about in Luton. I think that's what they've got on their sign when you go in. You don't hang about in Luton. Well... I mean, you're talking about this crime TV thing. I don't know if they still are, but the vast majority of the early episodes of 24 Hours in Police Custody, Channel 4's mighty series, yeah. was they were all filmed in Luton. Which right. Which made me just think that Luton was just full of criminals. I'm sure it isn't. Yeah, well, I never thought of it that way. My my thoughts of Luton. When I think of Luton, to be honest, what I think of is the great Luton teams of the 1980s. Yeah. Like the ones managed by David Pleat. And then yeah. they carried on being good even after he left, I think. For a little while, but I can't remember who it was who took over as manager. But they were good, and so you think of like the Steen brothers, don't you? Yeah. And um, I think Brian Horton played for them as well. I think K- Kingsley Black, Mick Harford, I think probably. Les Seeley and Mick Harford. And you think of their plastic pitch that they had at the same time as QPR, yeah. and they had a really ghastly chairman who was a Tory MP, I think, called something Evans. He was horrible. He was oh, he was yeah. a bit like was, was he was like Ken David Bates. Evans. Yeah. Was it David Evans? He was like yeah, he was like 
he was like the other kid. He was like Kim Bates, but worse. He was he was all for uh, ID cards. He was going to help usher yeah, through the ID to, cards plan for Thatcher, wasn't he? Cage. Yeah. Football yeah. fans, they're animals. I hope, They're I hope animals. that come about for you, Madam Thatcher. I yeah, introduce yeah. ID cards compulsorily to my <laughs> my customers. lady, my yeah. lady. <laughs> so he um, the little bowing gesture you've done there won't come yeah. across on the podcast because it's no, it's that's affordable. true. But, but like just that. imagine me bowing and scraping <laughs> to Margaret Thatcher as if I'm the Luton chairman in the eighties. <laughs> I will kill someone for you, should you require it, my lady. <laughs> that won't be necessary, Mr Evans. <laughs> well, I'm just putting it out there. Um, so that's what I thought of, but I fucking went there, and I, I went for this ride-along with these coppers. We were filming the ride-along, and they said, right, what we're going to do now is we're going to take you up to this uh, th- this pub, which sort of on mm. the top of this hill that overlooks the town. I can't remember why this. And it's like, because we're going to tell you a story about someone that went down there a couple of years ago. This pub behind us is uh, a very well-known criminal hangout in Luton, mm. right? And I was like, ooh, oh, that's exciting. Can I meet one of the criminals? Just as I'm saying something <laughs> along those lines. Can you bring one right. to me? <laughs> Fetch a villain. Right? They fucking, these villains... Have come out yeah. of the pub, seen yeah. a police car, two big fucking policemen. They've walked over to us and they looked. It was proper fucking Moss Eisley Cantina, right? Geezers were like, why do I am fucking tattoos all over their face and shit. And they just come over to us and I'm thinking, I'm not scared because I'm with two police officers. So they can't <laughs> do anything to me. I'm going to pretend I'm a plainclothes police officer, right? I and have they police come over, protection. <laughs> and I said something like, they looked at me first because I had a camera pointing at me. So they're obviously thinking, who's this cunt, right? Yeah. And I've given it that, oh, all right, mate, like that. And he's looked at me with disdain. Then he strolled over to the copper and he's gone, what's all this? And the copper's gone, addressing him by his name really nervously. Oh, uh, hello, Terry. Uh, we're just doing a bit of filming. We won't come inside the pub, though. We're just filming outside for a documentary. <laughs> and he just went... Nah, sorry, it's not going to work. Fuck off. And the old boy went, I'm not joking, right? It's not going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work. Fuck off, right? And the old boy went, all right, Terry, sorry. And they gave, we enough. better go. And they got in the car and drove off. And I said, what? And I did, so I didn't want to judge the police, but I was a bit like, lads, that's not, that's not how we're going to win the fight against crime. We're not going to make Britain a safer place for good law-abiding citizens such as myself and my friends if you roll over that easily for the criminal fraternity. I was more or less hinting at that sort of thing. And they were like, nah, we, you, go, you know, there's a lot of trouble can go on at that pub. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, we're it's, under orders. Don't, don't antagonise them. It's not worth it's, it. It's self-policing. <laughs> yeah, it's a self-policing pub. And I, I mean, I've been to some rough fucking places, but I'd never seen a fucking self-policing pub before, right? And I was like, was it, was it kind of gently vibrating? <laughs> the pub itself was sentient. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they just went, nah, it's best that we don't antagonise. It's, it's fine. We can film this bit somewhere else, I'm sure, or we'll go further down the hill so it's more distantly in the background. So I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, we'll get some I library thought, footage I left of it. Thinking, Put that on. I just thought, I thought Luton was one of the most fucking boring places. It probably is boring, I don't know. I don't know much more about it, but I did think, wow, I didn't realise it was quite quite so dangerous. Mm. Well, there you so, go. But anyway, what David was this Evans. guy at Giza saying? Oh, yeah. Hang on, he says, hang on, hang on. A bit more yeah. about David Evans. 
uh, oh, unearthed. Yeah. It was the uh, it was the membership only scheme for fans, and aware fans were also banned from Luton, which came about yeah. after Millwall fans had rioted yeah. and damaged the Kenilworth surprise, Road Stadium in 1985. Surprise. There's always a Millwall connection. Yeah, but David Evans himself. In 1997, just before he lost his parliamentary seat, he attracted controversy over unguarded remarks in an interview by sixth formers at Stanborough School <laughs> for a school magazine in which he referred to his opponent in the election, Melanie Johnson, as a single girl. She was 42 years old at the time with bastard children. This is for a school magazine. Oh and, he my also, God. and he also said that the Birmingham Six were guilty and had killed hundreds before being caught, as well as making other remarks considered racist. Uh, actually, I'll not read that one because it's just unpleasant. But uh, yeah, not suitable for a school magazine, let alone any publication. But uh, yeah, yeah, David Evans there. Yeah, David Evans. Sorry. Yeah, the man Continue. who made fucking Ken Bates seem like quite nice Santa. by comparison. <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Captain Birdseye. Um, anyway, Gareth Wilson from Luton. Don't know if he's a Luton fan. Uh, it seems that Sam's predict, predict, predict ethos doesn't just relate to the football scores. The recent announcement yeah. of Gary Lineker presenting a quiz show was predicted mm. by Nifty in October 2019 in an episode called, good at name for an episode this, Many Ghosts. Sounds hey. right, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Proving once again his status as Britain's top journalist. I hope it doesn't go to his head. Well, no, it won't, because I already am regarded as Britain's top journalist. You can't go beyond top mm. journalist. What you can do is work to sustain that position. And mm. with scoops like this, I do. One thing I will take issue with, though, Gareth Wilson, is that you say it was a prediction. No, it wasn't which a prediction I, at all, it was wasn't it? It wasn't a prediction. No. It no. was an investigation. And yeah. I was report, it was report, I was reporting fact. From the field, you under, I'd been undercover. in my in my media hub in Barnes, and Gary Lineker was sat on the next table having lunch with a flamboyant television producer, mm-hmm. and I wasn't earwigging, but this television producer was so flamboyant and noisy that the conversation mm-hmm. was very. It was hard to not fucking hear it. Do you know what I mean? Sam, can I just ask you? Was he more flamboyant than the flamboyant television producer that we both know? It, it was cut from the same cloth, I would say. <laughs> But more flamboyant. Yeah, more, more flamboyant. flamboyant. Wow. Yeah, I mean, seemed like a nice guy, but he was very like, well, Gary, let me tell you a little bit about myself before we begin. And I was like, aye, aye, I want to have a fucking listen to this. <laughs> I fucking love shit like this. I started out, and he starts telling you, I started out on this morning in the golden age of Richard and Judy. It was all that sort in of stuff. Right? Uh, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, great, I'm fucking loving this. And then Gary's looking a bit uncomfortable. I keep glancing over. I'm thinking, fucking Gary doesn't need this. He's thinking, fuck me. Just tell me how much I'm getting paid and when I need to turn yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to hear your life story. <laughs> right. And uh, and he said, yeah, it's a game show. And I thought, and I remember sitting there thinking, yeah, that's quite good. That's the next step for him. And I reported it back because mm-hmm. I'm indiscreet. But that's the special service that our listeners yeah. get. And now, of course, eventually it comes true in yep. July 21. So almost two years yep. later, year and a half later. So well done, me. Yeah, well done. But it wasn't um, a prediction. All it us. was journalistic it reporting. Wasn't. Yeah. So well done to you, mainly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Gary Lineker. And the producer mm. for getting it away. Yeah, I'm glad that the producer got it done. That's it from this one. We're going to do some more. 
um, later in the week, and then we'll be back next week in uh, back for the autumn slog. Um, so there we are. Thanks for listening, everyone. Keep those emails coming in, all the regular topics. Uh, goodbye. Farewell, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.